If you're still on the hunt for a sports book to call home, bet the nonstop action of March Madness with MyBookie. Enter bracket contests for a chance to take home prizes of up to $25,000 or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, MyBookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now and take advantage of our generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus of up to $1,000. All you have to do is claim promo code MADNESS50. But the fun doesn't stop there. Get up to the minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about MyBookie? You can bet on anything, anytime, from anywhere. Use promo code MADNESS50, that's MADNESS50, to secure your limited-time welcome bonus today. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com. Hour number two, Jeff Cameron Show 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. It is good to be with you always here on 93.3 Real Talk. FM and Warchant TV, as well as all the other places. Twitter, Warchant.com, all that good stuff. Uh, so, you remember that uh, I got very excited when I saw a video of uh, Cam Davis, the young man that is going to be part of the group of folks in the backfield toting the rock for the Knowles in the upcoming season. And um, one of the things about Cam Davis that I got excited about was at the time I, I talked about the low center of gravity, the, uh, the big legs, obviously the strength there and, um, really the fluidity with which he moved. You know, he was a guy that I love running backs that have, there's a couple different types of running backs that I really like, but if you have a guy with incredible balance, obviously, but has, uh, the, the, the body type, the thickness, the strength to go along with it, and you move that fluid, it's it's usually short of, uh, you know, vision. Um, you know, it's a lock that you're going to be successful. There's just a certain prototype of, of kid that you see and you think, oh, that might work. And moreover, the point I was making is projecting how soon it could work. Well, for any of you that have not yet, I think Tom's going to put it up on the screen here on Warchant TV if you haven't seen it yet. If you don't have, if you haven't had a good look at Cam Davis, uh, well, go find him on social media or watch this. But look at that young man. Now that is a 5'10", 5'11", 200 plus pound kid that is densely built. And when I talk about the ability to come in and play right away, and be able to handle the rigor of uh, college football, of training at this level, taking hits. You got to kind of look like that. That dude is thicker, bigger, stronger than most juniors and seniors playing running back across the country. That is, as they say, just different. 
built different. That guy, that's the guy that when you're in the Oklahoma drill, you count the people in front of you and you see where he is and you decide, I'm not taking that rep. Somebody else can wear that ass kicking. Somebody else can try to get lower than what that kid's going to do. And, hey, listen, I'm secure enough in my own sexuality to gush about another man's figure, and I am gushing about his. That is unreal. Look at him. That dude is a hoss. He's going to contribute right away. He's listed as 220. 5'10", 220 pounds mm-hmm. on Florida State's roster. This is the one that they, they mm. distribute <laughs> when guys actually sign as part of, um, you know, uh, signing day and they're on campus, they're processed. I believe it. There are a lot of times where, you know, it'll say 5'9". Uh, I'm like, no, you're 5'7". They'll right. say, yeah, you know. mm-hmm. they reported Jordan Travis, I think it was 212 at one point. You're like, man, you ain't 212. You're lucky to be 197. He, he might have got there. He might have got there at some point. But, yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, he's, well, yeah. Two years ago, yeah. he, they said 212, and then yeah, he reported, yeah. like, oh, to it. He put on his own social, like, I got up to an all-time high, and it was, like, 210. I'm like, oh, I see. Okay, yeah, I yeah, see. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's crazy. 220 here. Yeah, I buy that. Oh, I 100% buy that. Muscle weighs more than fat. Look at that guy. Holy moly. Again, you're in the line. You're counting. I, I don't need this. I don't need this as part of my day. I'm tired. I don't need to be out here getting trucked by this guy. I'm going to let Steve go get trucked. Steve, you're up. Oh, no. I Oh, sorry. Didn't realize Cam was coming up. Sorry about that, Steve. They're on to you eventually. At some point, you got to wear it because the third or fourth time you do it, they're like, hey, man, no, you're up. <laughs> this is uh, now a player that climbs to the top five that I really want to see in spring because if there is the the speed or the burst, it doesn't even have to be top end. If there's just short area burst that you can go from zero to 60 at that size, he could contribute right away. The, the, the fun part about all of this, too, is that this isn't a guy that is a, a hired gun that you got at the last second. No, Maybe right. widely speculated about best and final offer, and he was the one that said yes. You know, He said yes to Florida State at the end. This is somebody who's been committed to Florida State for years. This is a player who's already been described as a leader in the making. If not in his freshman year, he will be soon right after that. Somebody who played quarterback in high school. So 3.7 he has, GPA, hard worker in the classroom, hard worker in the weight room, dedicated, leadership, focused, smart, ideal teammate, built like that. It is a gift to be able to bring in a kid who has all of these facets. I'm telling you, I don't do a lot of talking about kids in recruiting. I don't do a lot of projections for kids that have never played college football in which I give them uh, a weighty praise that say, I really can't imagine he doesn't do anything but kick ass. Like, I don't usually do that because I get that high school football is so much different than big-time college football, but I did it with this kid. The second I saw his film, I went, ooh, okay, we got us a guy here. And that was just watching the center of gravity, the fluidity with which he ran, the shifting directions at that size and that I mean, he is a bulldozer. Look at bowling ball. Nobody wants to deal with that. You can't get beneath those pads. It's a problem. 
this is where I hope that the offensive line and, you know, they've thrown a lot of poundage at the problem. 330 here, 320 there. Uh, even the kid from Harvard's a pretty big player too. I think 6'5", 330. So you bring in a lot of those types of players. You retain quite a few large bodies, hopefully one or two from that class a couple of years ago, elevate and get into that rotation of eight. If this offensive line is good, if this offensive line is better at running the basics that Florida State wants to run than they were last year, if you could put a player like a, a Ferguson next to a Keandre Jones, because he said he'd play center, which I found interesting. So TJ Ferguson said, if I, I need to play center, I will. What if you had it where Darius and TJ and Keandre were your left guard to your right guard, and you just want to run straight ahead with yes. players like Keziah Holmes, with players like Roydale Williams, and this young man in Cam Davis? We could turn into a bully of an offense in short order, but the offensive line has to be the thing that changes from year over year because we do have dudes now that know how to run downhill, run hard. I think the offense is going to be better than last year. And, I, and I've and i said it, I've hinted at it, I've talked about it. I, I, I didn't love the offense last year. Part of that was injury. Part of that was knowing you could win, kind of falling back on your defense and protecting your quarterback. And part of that was obviously the offensive line was a disappointment. So you had injuries that weighed into this. You had some precautionary measures that you were taking, which limited, which limited your offense. And then you had an offensive line that underwhelmed. There's just no way around it. Part of that was injury too. So you marry all those things together and you kind of had, you know, inconsistencies. And look, if the offense could have stayed healthy, we saw what they could be early in the season where they were moving the ball exceptionally well. And they actually had a measure of a deep threat. Like I think we only remember Keon Coleman for the back half of the season but if you go back to that LSU game and you go back to those early games, Keon got by people. He had requisite enough speed to to create the to dial up the downfield play. When he had the the injuries begin to mount, and then eventually what we think was a, a, a deep thigh contusion, and he really couldn't really let it go. He became a different player. He was a possession receiver, and even then, you know, he was he was not a threat to beat you over the top. Johnny Wilson missing a couple of games and also not ever being a burner meant that, you know, you didn't get the matchups you wanted, and he certainly couldn't stretch the field in the way that he's capable of if he's healthy. Don't forget Hakeem Williams, who had shown signs of having some top-end speed. Even in that one touchdown run, you began to see what he could be. But, you know, he got hurt. And then, obviously, Vendravius Jacobs really didn't contribute. And you had Destin Hill's injury, who's the burner of the group. And you just didn't have it. And now there is a concerted effort to change your identity of who you are. And it's the it's what you're pointing out about the beef in the middle. You go out and get those linemen, and you got other guys that you brought back in for the purpose that you like that size. You might have a chance. I mean, God forbid you got a healthy Robert Scott out there at left tackle. I don't know. We'll see. I'll believe it when I see it. I don't trust it. But also Simmons – I don't know how much he's going to contribute. A lot of people think it'll be longer down the road than I anticipate because I think that a full off season of being able to get after it in the weight room with those feet and the natural size at six foot eight, three hundred plus pounds, means he could really be a factor in in this season. He could be. I mean, I'm not saying he will be, but it wouldn't be shocking to me. So now, if you're gonna if you're gonna be able to to bully people at the line of scrimmage and run the football, we know what Mike does with creating the extra gap. 
what Mike does off of that, the explosives that you can dial up off of that. Now that you brought in the speed at wide receiver, you got two burners that you brought in at wide receiver. I Listen, I just you got a quarterback who specializes in that throw. That is the deep ball. That's the big arm. That's what he has. He's not terribly accurate. Game to game, he's not wildly consistent. He's pretty good, and he's played a lot of football, and he's 6'5", 250 himself. Short-yarded situations, Florida State's going to be very difficult to stop. And by the way, you don't have to really protect him. Brock Glenn's going to come a long way during these two camps that he's going to have before this season. He got It was baptism by fire with him last year. The poor man has to go out and start a game that he wasn't prepared to start and didn't know he was going to have to start. And then he has to play in the Georgia game, and you got 20-something dudes out. And he still, I thought, acquitted himself pretty well. I thought he grew a lot from the Louisville game to the Georgia game. I To the point where I was prepared to take a few lumps and start Brock Glenn this year. But they decided to go bridge. So they go bridge quarterback with a guy that's played a ton and had a real good year at Oregon State and does have that big arm and is that big body and has played a ton of football. So you don't have to take the step back. But here's the deal. What do you really owe him? Let's go. You run him where you want to run him. And I hope he's fine. He's a big, strong kid. I hope he doesn't get hurt. Of course I hope he doesn't get hurt. But if he does, you got Brock. Brock will be fine. It's You can really let it fly, is my point. You can let it go here. And I think you're seeing what they're trying to engineer, what they're, what they're hoping they can be. We don't know if it will be successful. But I have a hunch that it's going to be. I'm bullish on this offense. I can kind of see where this could go, and I think they could be more consistent. Now, nobody ever knows about injury luck, and so, I mean, all bets are off if people get hurt. Well, yeah, that's the case. And if it's the same injury luck as last year, then we're screwed because, you know, we, we had such good veteran depth this past season that you could absorb all of that and still win 13 games. Now, I think you've got depth this year, but it's not proven the way it was in 2023. So you, you do need things to even out a little bit. I'm not even saying go your way. Just how about they, they even out? Mm-hmm. But I do like the idea that you have built on offense a couple of different things. It's like the home run ball, but then also the ground and pound. And, and I just I want to see how that materializes in practice. Uh, both camps are going to be interesting. And, you know, I, I don't know if they're going to break out a lot of wrinkles, but do we have to deviate away from uh, you know, the interior of the offensive line if we need a yard? Or have we built up enough beef? And have we built up enough toughness on the ground? Like, Kaziah doesn't run meekly. He doesn't. Neither does Roydell. Neither will this kid. And if you have DJ in addition to all of that and his size, I mean, come on, man. How about we are a team that imposes? That that's that would be a different dimension. There's always trade-offs. There's always going to be a trade-off. If you want to specialize in one thing, you're going to give up another. But to me, it looks like they want track meet on the outside. Yeah. And then they want trench war on the inside. And I'm all for that. That could be a lot of fun to watch. Let's take another look at him before the break. Look at this kid again. For those that tuned in a little late, here you go. This is what this guy looks like. That's a monster. By the way, he's young as hell. Yeah. 17, is that right? Yeah, he should be going to prom. (laughs) God bless the poor people had to tackle this man. Over the next three years? I mean, think about that. The only thing that that could be missing in this equation, because he's got the size, we can clearly see that, would be speed for the college game. I, I don't know, vision, 
I think, hands, yeah, but you, you've got vision if you're being recruited the way he was recruited. Like, that shows up on film. We can see that he can see. Like, if, yeah, like Jimbo used to say, if I have to teach you how to run the football or see things, then, you know, you're not here. So, And he, he, knows, he knows the entirety of an offense. He was a quarterback. And then also quarterback runs require more vision than any of them because you got to invent ways to create space for yourself, whether it's pocket presence or whether it's breaking the pocket and getting out in the open. Yeah, I, this could be a lot of fun. And I like the number. Good choice on number three there, Cam. He looks 25 years old. He looks like if, if somebody, if, if you didn't know his backstory and somebody showed you a picture of camp in the NFL, they're like, oh, the Giants broke camp this week. And you just, like, we're looking at the pictures online and that guy was in the picture, you'd be like, yeah, it looks like an NFL running back. Look at that dude. That's a big dude. That's what, I mean, that's what you would say. You just keep – you wouldn't even think anything of it. You just keep clicking. Like, they all look like that in the NFL. They're all monsters. They're all freak-ass athletes. They're all huge guys. Like, that's a grown-ass man. And he's ours. By the way, the battle's in uh, on a good run here, on a really good run here. And I talked to Ingram yesterday, had a good conversation with him. And uh, I won't get into that, but I will say that uh, somebody just posted here that uh, Battles End just signed Lucas. And, uh, you know, I'm, I think we're all – he, he kind of got lost in the shuffle, Tom, because you had all the guys out there that you had. But when we got him, he was the number one lineman that we were bringing in. This was the guy that you thought, oh, well, dude could be – I think they're talking about uh, Jalen Lucas. Oh, but, Okay. Uh... Well, they uh, they Lucas Simmons, I I believe that they are they're well acquainted at the battle's end with. with well, Lucas. I know they are, and they were you know obviously very excited about him. And to me, that was, and that's why I got excited because I the, the, he's who's on my mind. Yep. When you brought that guy in, he was a star in the making. They talked about his feet, the length. He has the measurements to be a starting left tackle in the National Football League, and then we didn't get to see him. So you have a lot of potential that you haven't either seen yet or gotten anything out of yet, that if you if, if, if 75% of what we're projecting comes to pass, Florida State's in a very good position to have, I think, a more successful offense this upcoming year. It's the Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. Hello there, podcasters. Oh, don't worry. I won't prattle on for two minutes like I do with some of the other reads. Zaxby's doesn't demand it of me. <laughs> Zaxby's like, look, just tell everybody that we have the best chicken sandwich in all the land. That's easy. I can do that. I can attest to that. A delicious, thick, juicy, tasty Zaxby's chicken sandwich is where it's at. Of course, the strips are a given. You like the strips? We get the strips on game days. The platters are lifesavers. Mm-hmm. If you're going to a party, a pool party, say, this summer, and what do I bring? Just bring a Beer Giant thing. No. and Zaxby's. Worry about the beer. You bring the Zaxby's, you're going to be the hero. Just uh. make sure you get all the sauces, too. They've got like 97 sauces, and they're all delicious. I don't know if you guys know this. There are 27 Zaxby's in Tallahassee alone. 27. You can't miss them. I think that's true in general in every city in America. They're like so peach trees in Atlanta. They're everywhere. Look around. Find you a Zaxby's and get after it. By the way, your Tallahassee Zaxby's a proud Golden Chief booster for 18 years. Go Knowles. The Jeff Cameron Show is a production of the Warchant.com Multimedia Network. Check out Warchant.com today for the latest news inside Florida State Athletics. That's Warchant.com. Now, back to Jeff on Real Talk 93.3. 
Jeff Cambridge on 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. I think I'm going to uh, swing by Social Kitchen and uh, the Cary Forest Market, uh, sirs, and uh, or, or ma'am. And uh, I'm going to enjoy some of the, uh, the pre-made, well-put-together, delicious meals. And I might add... Two servings of banana pudding will be thrown into the mix. My call has been answered for the greatness of banana pudding, and it's from Social Kitchen. Go by there. You'll see. Talk to Chef Chris. Ask him anything about cooking, buddy. That dude knows it. I learned a ton in like 10 minutes of being there, and then I looked like I, – yeah, I lied. I, I, I took the meats that I got. I prepared them the way that Chef Chris told me to. I cooked them the way that he told me to. And then when my kids said, Dad, you did a great job, I said, I studied for hours. I care about you. You'll just never understand. And I got a lot of credit for that. So you can do the same. Go in there, get the secrets. You got to rub your meats. And once you do, you'll be happy, and your family will be happy. Everybody will celebrate. And now I've got I've got a plan in place. And at least at least once a week I go by there. The other thing about it is they have uh, you know pre-planned, put together meals for you that are fresh made that day. You can go in there, swing in there, and be like, I don't have time tonight, guys. Here's food for four. Heat it up. You're good to go. Good times. Man, I, I feel like you've got a missed opportunity there. Um, I know that you have to do the informational spot during commercial breaks when you first launch a campaign. But I, I do believe that rubbing your meats with Jeff Cameron can be a, a, a featured 30-second. Yeah. It could be the 30-second spot for or, or the 60-second spot yeah. for this particular client. And I think it would do well. I think you'd get some good return mm. on uh, on those advertisements. We can do it live, too. I could uh, segue right in. It's time to rub your meat with me, Jeff Cameron. And here we go. <laughs> By the way, Jalen Detali knows what I'm talking about. That banana pudding there is no joke. It is delicious. You just add it in there. Just add it on in there. It's uh, it's fantastic. Like I, I you know I made the, I said the thing about banana pudding a few weeks ago because it was the holidays and I was like I haven't had banana pudding in years. Well, the way I remembered it was good, but it's been a minute. I don't know if I'll. And then. Matt Thompson called me and said, we make banana pudding. It's the best you've ever had. I'll, I'll, I'll get you some if you'd like to try it. And that's how it happened. And he's not lying. It's good. Promo code meat rubbing for 20% mm, off your next like banana it. pudding. Mm-hmm. There you go. Hashtag time to rub that meat. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I've gotten good at that many years of experience. And now I know exactly uh, what you got to do. And I got pointers, and now it's better than ever. So there you go. Just like that. Just like that. I uh, I wanted to go back to what I was talking about with uh, Simmons. One final point on that, ribbon on that. I'm happy for that kid, man. Because when you have high expectations and opportunities that lay before you and it's kind of taken away through no fault of your own, and I won't get into that, there's nothing nothing – salacious about any of this it's just that you had to be very careful and make sure he was long term going to be healthy enough to play football and he's got the full okay to do so now that's all that matters and so that's 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 huge because by all accounts that's a great kid who's really willing to put in the work and 
Uh, I'm rooting for that to happen. I think that this could be uh, a year where he gets on the field and contributes. You know, the guy that we didn't talk about and we never talk about, and I frankly am kind of surprised uh, that he's still on the team, and I don't mean that negatively. I just – the way that modern college football works and the way that kids lose patience and are disgruntled, and I don't necessarily resent that. It kind of stinks. You lose kids a little prematurely, but uh, Julian Armella – uh, what do we think? What do we think? I mean, there are days, Tom, we've brought it up many times. There are days on this, uh, in, in the practice regiments that we see where he's really good and looks like a, a star in the making. And there are days where you're like, eh, it's just not happening. Does he take another big step forward? Are we adding him to the list of reasons the offensive line will be better in 2024 than it was in 2023? I think he's got a crack at being in that eight man rotation. It's just that they've retained so much that it's hard for me to say that, you know, he's a shoe in to be a part of that eight man rotation. Um, the negative, I'll get that out of the way first. He's on the ground too much. You know, those bad reps, he ends up on the ground too much. And, and that it can't happen. Mm. That, that's a tough thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, when it was Jared verse and you were a true freshman, understandable, understandable, 100% get why Jared verse might put your butt in the ground. Mm-hmm. Okay. You get to the second year, you need to see a little bit less of that. And it was less, but I don't know how much less. And the thing <laughs> is, here, here's the positive, is that his good reps are legit. His good reps are everything that everybody hoped that Julian Armella would be. He, he's athletic enough. He's strong enough. It's just the consistency factor. I don't think he's out of shape. Uh, that's another – sometimes kids, they're out of shape, and, they, and there's a lack of commitment there. And that's the last positive, I'd say. There, there have been whispers over – Julian's time here about commitment, man, I'm telling you, anytime they crank up a cinematic recap, and I don't think he's doing it for the glitz and the glam, like when Tim Tebow used to find cameras, anytime, like the ACC championship, who is holding the cooler to dump on Mike Norvell? Who is front and center and Mike Norvell is giving one of his speeches after the game is over? Like Armella is there. He's locked in. So I think there's a commitment there. I think he's in shape and his good reps are good. It's just those bad reps are holding him back because they're not you can't win with that, not not with that lack of consistency. So this is a year of consistency for him. If he nails that, then he'll climb up and he'll be a contender in the top eight. I was watching, um, is it the Senior Bowl that they're preparing for right now? I was flipping around. I had it on mute uh, on the NFL Network, and I was watching uh, the reps being taken at various position groups. And did you see the footage today from Jaheim Bell? The uh, the deep out route? Yeah, so he's, he just he, – I mean, he's being held the whole time. He just powers through. and Oh, it's unbelievable. And it makes you mad. Not at him at all. You're happy for him. But it is very clear to me that he is now 100% healthy. And I'll tell you, add him to the list, but he's one of those guys that uh, last year, when you saw that speed and that strength in the LSU game, and really subsequently a couple of other games early, you thought that's a massive difference maker. And upon reflection, watching that rep today, uh, I'll see if I can find that rep and post it. But he just, I mean, he is being held by a linebacker and he just, I mean, he bitches this guy and runs through. It's unbelievable. And it's power. It is speed. He makes the catch afterwards and you go, I didn't see any of that. I didn't see any of that really post, I mean, like all the way back to Boston College. I mean, the the injury to that ankle never healed, and it's so aggravating. Yeah, again, if we can uh, speak to Coach Norvell before springtime, just to 
Mike, I know that you want to move forward, but can we can we get some clarity on just how hurt that team was? Because oh, buddy, we, we can guess, but just how hurt were they? Because a lot of guys played through a lot of freaking nonsense. So we were talking a moment ago before the break, and I mentioned that I had talked to Ingram, and I know Ingram tweeted this out after the disappointment uh, in the the Georgia situation, and he hinted at the fact, and he can do that, and we really couldn't at the time. But he hinted at the fact that a lot of these guys were playing through a lot of things. And a lot of people, I understand, if you're a fan of another team, you roll your eyes and you say everybody's hurt at the end of the year. Man, there are varying degrees of that. It's not always an excuse. Sometimes it's an explanation. But this is a reality. Many of those players that would have been playing for FSU on that day did not skip at a sheer disappointment or bitter disappointment, but rather the minor surgeries they needed before readying themselves for what is happening right now. This is the showcase. This is the time to go get paid. This is where, not an exhibition game against Georgia, this is where the NFL coaches are to watch you to see what you are. This and the combine, and we all know that in pro day. This is your chance. And to see him run today... The way that he ran today, the ferocity, the speed, the size, the strength, the talent, all of that, which was not on display, I mean for weeks and weeks for FSU, let you know that he was one of many that were a shell of themselves as the year went on, and it got increasingly aggravating. I wanted to, and this is, I guess, getting back to the point, Mike couldn't talk about it. Coaches are very, very aware of what to say and what not to say. If they're paying attention, you can't. First of all, you're not going to discuss players' health. You're just not going to do it. If you can avoid it, you're going to avoid it, especially if a guy plans to play. So if he's going to play for you, you're certainly not going to tell the opposing coach that, hey, he's at 60%. So you're not going to bring that up. So any observation we may have that, hey, he looks a lot slower. I mean, I started telling you weeks before the end of the season that Keon Coleman didn't look anything like Keon Coleman. And yeah. I, would, I would just turn and go, man, that dude is just an average wide receiver right now. He's not anything special. And that's not me being critical of Keon Coleman. That was me pointing out he's not healthy. And we really brought it up every time we did the pregame show together. We would try to hint, hint, hint at, hey, let's see what Jaheim Bell has today. Because I wanted to get, say the next sentence, which was a whole lot of nothing for weeks. And now you, you realize that it's all the more amazing, A, they went 13-0. But now is the time that you could, as we go into spring, if you talk to, to Mike, he could say it. Because there's nothing at stake anymore. I mean, they've moved on. They've, they've gotten healthy. They're working out. They're doing great things, and it's going to be a new year. You can say without it sounding like a, a batch of excuses, yeah, man, we were up against it last year. It's, it's amazing. Hey, I know a lot of people have to deal with it. You don't have to focus on it. You don't have to spend all your time, um, you know, trying to explain away certain aspects of things that didn't go well. But you can just straight up tell people, I've not had many years like that. I remember talking to a coach years ago. Uh, and they, they were saying, well, there's no accounting for that. You know, football is a war of attrition. We all know that. It's, a, it's cliche to say, but it's true. You don't know in any given year if you're going to lose five guys on one side of the ball. Well, how about nine? How about eight? How about 11 different guys at varying points that all play meaningful reps for you on one side of the ball being seriously compromised? That's, I don't think I've ever seen it. In the 26 years I've been broadcasting, I don't think I've seen that many guys on one side of the ball. Now, I've seen years where we had a disproportionate amount of injury compared to other teams in the league or other teams that we were facing. You know, some years, it was the kind of years that you'd, back when I'd take calls or we'd get emails and people would say, are we doing the right things in the training room? Are we training guys the way we need to be training guys? Because for whatever reason, we've got 14 players that have been hurt this year and I'm tired of it. And we all get tired of it. 
But sometimes the sport's like that. I mean, guys fall wrong. Some guys fall into people. Some guys make a cut, another dude falls on their ankle, and that's what it is. Yeah, and I think the trade-off for that was 13. 13, we were remarkably healthy. You know, and, and if we weren't on the offensive line, then that could have been a problem. As dominant as that team was, if they lost two of their starting offensive linemen for the season, it could have been point, in trouble. Yeah, uh, you're vulnerable. You, you probably still win a lot of those games, but you're vulnerable. And now you have a weakness that a team can pinpoint. Uh, last year was last year was very, very frustrating. One of those guys that was hurt towards the end of the year was Braden Fisk. And he's making waves at the Senior Bowl as well for his quicks. You're seeing different media outlets talking about Braden Fisk as probably a day two guy where he wasn't on their radars at that point, which I find interesting. Maybe the Invitational could have put Braden Fisk on some more people's radars because the way he was trending oh, he, towards the end of the he season. Got, he was on fire at the end. They could block him. Nobody could. They, they couldn't. And it was exactly – this is what will always drive me nuts because sometimes the extra access makes you even more angry. I remember in the preseason when he and Jared Verse were building up the rapport together. And there's this one drill that I'll never forget. And I hope they're both all pro-type players because the story gets better if they're all pro-type players. But it's Odell, and it's Braden, and it's Jared. And it's the whole defensive line. But those three members uh, of the team, one coach, two players, are just talking over different ways that they can scheme up a two-man game. A two-man game to, to... trip up three offensive linemen they know that there's going to be a double on that side but what can they do with their steps with their shoulders with every little detail of how they rush to trick an offensive line to think one thing's going to happen and then boom jared loops around Braden Mm -hmm. or vice versa or whatever it is and it's just a it's chess it's an exercise that they're going through and it lasted about a full period which is i mean well over five minutes and it was one of the best things i saw because you saw how Braden's brain Jared's brain worked in sync about how to get after a quarterback in a third and obvious situation. And it was so awesome. But the thing was, we didn't really see a whole lot of that on the field in the 12 game season until about November, like Florida and Louisville were different. And that's the whole thing that they were working on in preseason camp. And, you know, I just wish we got to see it in the invitational, but hopefully those two guys, we know Jared's stock is where it is, but hopefully Braden's continues to rise because he needed a little surgery to be able to do stuff in the Senior Bowl this week. Jared first made me laugh retweeting Trevor. Uh, is it Sakima, who's the Tampa Bay guy? Um, there was that tweet of how quick Braden Fisk is off the ball, and Jared Verse wrote, he's too quick. He's too quick. <laughs> he is. And, uh, hey, maybe maybe down the line there in Tampa. Who knows? That wouldn't, wouldn't be a bad thing. It would be fun to watch. Well, you put him with uh, Diaby. And, mm-hmm. um, and Diaby had a good year. And- and uh, yeah, Cansey, man, yeah, that would be nice. That those would be two, very nice. Those two guys can play. Bucks yeah. have hit on low key. The Bucks have hit on some really nice draft choices here lately. Hey, man, they want a playoff game with the amount of dead money that uh, Denver's about to have with old uh, mm-hmm. Unlimited with Mister Unlimited. I saw a picture of the Denver Broncos. Oh, don't do it. <laughs> saw a picture of the Denver Broncos uh, pro shop there, where you go in and you you get your gear. And every one of those Russell Wilson jerseys are available for very, very cheap. <laughs> very, very cheap. You can get you uh, a Russell Wilson jersey for like 90% off, and you could put Mr. Unlimited on the back. <laughs> Wear it with pride, Tom. Put it up there in the man cave. I just, in a situation like this, as, as pretty well run as the Buccaneers organization has been, I'm just glad that there's not enough money for the Bucks to even think about making that work. 
No. Oh, that would be a bad move because at if, this point, if Baker, we had the money, if we had the money, the, the Glazers like to sell jerseys. So, like, I'm glad that we don't have the money to do that. Well, and Baker Mayfield's better than he is, so that would be stupid. Yeah, just put it that way. It's Jeff Cameron Show, ninety-three-three Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Hey, Seminoles, we all know how important it is to score in the red zone, but are you prepared for success in the retirement red zone? Five years leading up to your retirement date and the immediate five years after are a critical time of thoughtful planning for you and your family. And our friend and fellow Noel, Adam Tolliver, and his team at Artisan Financial Strategies are prepared to coach you to victory. Some of us, well, we're at midfield and want to plan ahead. Others are ready to punch it in on the goal line. They're making sure you know how much you can spend without running out of money, protecting yourself and your family against rising health care costs, or carefully planning your legacy. The Artisan team brings a combined 30-plus years of planning experience and world-class resources to help you navigate the way. For more information, just head over to KnollRetirement.com. Now, that's one word, KnollRetirement.com. The Jeff Cameron Show is a production of the Warchant.com Multimedia Network. Check out Warchant.com today for the latest news inside Florida State Athletics. That's Warchant.com. Now, back to Jeff on Real Talk Cameron Show 93.3 and uh, Real Talk Radio Award Chant TV as well. And I would ask you, Tom, let's see. I was just projecting here. We were talking about the workouts and good to see some Florida State guys getting attention today. wonder if it goes one, two, three in the draft. Does it go Caleb Williams, Drake, May, Jaden Daniels? Could. Could. wonder where Penix goes. And then after that, how do you have them? It's a big drop-off. It's a big drop-off after that. I, I guess, you know, Penix, obviously, as I said. After that, you can get into great debates about who likes what. Why do I bring it up? Well, I saw a proposal where aforementioned Baker Mayfield could be signed, sort of a bridge deal, three years, $80 million. Uh, you, it's a It's a team-friendly deal, backloaded, where after a year there's a way out and it's not a huge cap hit. Both sides could kind of get what they want. It also frees you up to – um, franchise tag a couple of your better players. So I, it's interesting. I wonder if they would do it. Who else are you going to get in free agency? And there's nobody you're in a position to draft. So let's say you take him and you you sign him to a team-friendly deal if he'll do it. And then from there, I is there somebody in the second or third round you'd like? Would you take, yeah. you know, like a, like, like a Michael Pratt from Tulane? Man. I don't know. You know, if you're asking me specifically, there's nobody I love right now. Uh, and that's strange because this year is considered to be one where there's a little bit more depth at the quarterback position, but you can pay me for Bo Nix. You could pay me for JJ McCarthy. Like, no. Um, what about Spencer Rattler? <laughs> <laughs> Look, frankly, I'd rather take a flyer on Jordan Travis in the fifth or sixth round. If you're going to, if you're going to tell me that we've got to take one in the draft, 
and you don't have uh, one of those top flight players, man, I'd, I'd go get a value late and then hope that something works, but let that player come in and be a backup. It could be the equivalent of Jordan. It doesn't have to be Jordan Travis himself, but no, I'm not enamored with the, the middle tier of the quarterbacks in this class. So I, I would try to do what I could do to backload the, the Baker deal, make that work. But I think it's it's going to be very interesting to see what the the offensive coordinator hire is and what that particular what they hire, want? Yeah. who they want. I mean, they got to bring in who they want. The only way that that wouldn't happen is they would interview the OC and say, "Look, Baker had a good working relationship with Mike and Godwin and Otten, so we're going to try and run it back." You got to be cool with that if you're going to take this job. And so there could be a dynamic at play there, but I'll be fascinated to see what they do. You know what's funny? When you do this, when you go through and you look at all the quarterbacks that are available to be drafted in the projections and you get down to that group, like you were just talking about Jordan Travis. Well, let me pull this up here because I figured he was like 10th or 11th of the quarterbacks that people are looking at, and that's about right. Well, the one side has him as the ninth quarterback on the board. Uh, others have him behind, say, Joe Milton and Sam Hartman. Uh I don't know that I agree with that, but anyhow, the point is there's, you know, he's in that neighborhood, right? Um, but I'm with you. Basically, after Penix, and there's a thought, by the way, Jaden Daniels could be the second quarterback off the board, that it could go Caleb Williams, Jaden Daniels, Drake May. Interesting to see. But one thing I looked at, Jaden Daniels is 6'4", Penix is 6'3", Obviously, Caleb's not real tall. Drake May, yeah, 6'4", just said that. Um, Michael Pratt, the kid of Tulane that people like, is 6'2". Joe Milton, who's not accurate enough for my taste, is 6'5". But I didn't realize Sam Hartman's only 6'1", same height as Jordan Travis. Did you know that? I did not know that. That doesn't shock me, but so is Caleb Williams. Caleb is 6'1". Yeah, he's 6'1", too. When you just, if you look at the stats from Caleb's season, it's good. He had to play hero ball. He had no yeah, choice. He, yeah, he's, I, he's a talent. I just worry about does that create bad habits? Because you're going to be going from a place where you needed to play hero ball to probably a place where you need to play hero ball because <laughs> you're being drafted by a bad football team. I just I wonder if that if that produces some bad habits. But yeah, like Caleb, the way he plays, I would have thought it would have read six two and a half, six three. But at least. His player profile is non-combine measurement at this point. It's just 6'1", same as Jordan. And I think Jordan is pretty much legitimately about 6'1". I think that's accurate. Would point out that somebody amongst this group of players that I'm about to name will be in the league five years from now and probably be good. All right, you ready to prepare yourself where you'll go, no way, and yet you know this is true. Phil Jakrovich? <laughs> Hayden Slovis? Devin Leary, Brennan Armstrong, JT Daniels, Tanner Mordecai, Austin Reed. <laughs> One of these guys that we all watched play and kind of rolled our eyes at various points is going to be in the league seven years from now. You're like, never really thought Devin Leary was going to be much, guys. Look at That's my man. It happens all the time. That's funny that you say that because of that list, I think it's far and away Devin Leary who would be that guy. <laughs> because good Devin Leary, he's really good, and, and you might think he's been gone for a couple of years. Louisville uh, had the unfortunate day where they caught good Devin Leary in Kentucky. He made four or five throws in that game. I remember it because of doing the advanced look for the ACC championship. I went, 
Well, there he is. Where have you been, Devin? I'm sure that's the guy that Kentucky thought they were getting. Well, where have you been, my man? I'm talking about dropping it in the bucket 30 oh, yards yeah. across the field. It. I watched it. I was cracking up laughing. I'm like, there he is. The good Devin Leary has NFL throws in him. The good Devin Leary has stretches of time where you're like, that's an NFL quarterback. The bad Devin Leary is that kid wouldn't start from my high school. It's just weird. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> it's, it's really, really weird. And uh, it's funny, though. I always go down to look at like 13 through 25 of the quarterbacks that are listed as eligible for this draft and who's going to take a flyer, who's going to be a free agent, because Lord knows nobody would have taken Purdy. I mean, he was Mr. Irrelevant for a reason. That was a non-plus career at Iowa State. You're like, whatever. Uh, and and here he is. But, yeah, you're going to sit there and you're going to go, look at this. Devin Leary is a legitimate starting quarterback in the NFL, and he's pretty good. He's pretty good. It's funny. We'll remember this conversation if that is correct. Know that I saw it. And for years and years and years on the Jeff Cameron Show, we would rank these injuries. This is a good one. Thanks for bringing it to our attention. Blue Jackets' Adam Fentili is out eight weeks with a lacerated calf cut by a skate blade. Mentioned it could have been much worse. Man, I got to tell you. The skate blade off the calf. Eight weeks for the laceration? That's that's, that's a not deep. a light one. That's that's deep. Eight weeks. That's we have to put your calf back together deep. Oh. Calves. Something about calves. Not quite testicles, but still. Calves are a toughie, man. Ooh. You hear about Jimmy? No. Ripped his calf in half jogging around the block. Jesus. That's how that conversation goes. True, you're like, ah. And the next time you see him, he's got a limp. You know it's permanent. Jimmy, sorry about that. It's a toughie. Yeah, he's trying to oh. jog around the block. Oh, no. Doctor says I've got a shot in about uh, six <laughs> weeks of rehab. Nah. You, 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 you don't have a shot. You're going to be limping for life, pal. That I, hate that, it's, I hate that it's your anchor leg for your golf swing, too, brother. It's <laughs> the ripped. Oh. We haven't had a good one in a while, so I'm glad you brought it to our attention. I appreciate that greatly. I have not had the one where we're like, oh, boy, I don't know if I can read this one. I had that. Uh, mm. We had a couple of those in our time together, Tom, including the ruptured testicle. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think uh, Kazmat Sui had a particularly disgusting one, too. Uh you could just look up Kaz Matsui injury. I think it was when he was with Houston. And it had to do with uh, that neighborhood of where uh, Adrian Beltre uh, took his. The Beltre one is uh, an all-time one because not only. Hot corner. Not only were they bleeding. He made the play. My man hopped up and made the play. That's dedication. You're not getting a free bag on me. You, you may get my bag, you, but you're not getting the free, free bag on, back me. on me, buddy. There's no chance. Oh, I can't fathom. Well, the the one that we used to show all the time as we wrap it up is the uh, is the umpire wearing the one with the with the natural sound, the natural sound where that line drive you hear the bat crack and then you hear you go, oh no, no, and everybody runs away, just kind of like okay, we're gonna call it a day. Nobody needs to be playing beyond this minute. 
just um, if you want to disgust yourself at your desk, uh, folks, just look up Kaz Matsui and then fissure the word fissure. Oh. And then it, it'll Did you look it up? up? Oh, and I see Matthew in the other room. He's just shake. Yeah. He shook because Matthew knew he knew what I was talking about. I remember seeing that on the bottom line and I thought they can print that on the bottom line. OK, that, that I'm going to go look at it as soon as we sign off. Goodbye, Tom. I'll talk to you tomorrow, brother. And uh, good work out of you and Matthew. Good work out of all you guys. Have a great day. Peace.